Hi everyone and welcome back to Relationships Rock. Today we are talking about a very important and sensitive subject in the Jewish community really at large, but we're going to speak about specifically how it plays up in Shittachem, and that is mental illness and medication. In the past few years, the Jewish community has really tried to destigmatize mental illness. You know, almost every week there's an article like in Mishpacha or other magazines that discuss these topics. It's more well-known. Rabbi mentioned it. You know, they speak about it in their drashas. The idea of going to therapy is much more accepted. You know, overall, there has really been a huge effort to take away the stigma from mental illness as well as taking medication. Rabbi Dr. Tversky, really spoke a lot about this. And I think he was one of the people who, who made a huge effort and strides, you know, into having the Jewish community even have this discussion, even talk about it. You know, it was really hidden, swept under the rug. You know, he says how people used to not get their kids help. They wouldn't give them medication. They wouldn't get them a diagnosis because it would run Shidduchim and they felt, well, if they're not on medication and they're not diagnosed, then I don't have to reveal anything. And that was obviously, you know, not helping that child. So Baruch Hashem, we have really come a long way in terms of accepting that this happens, that this is common, and that people should get help, whether that is medication or therapy. The problem is that in the process of destigmatizing mental illness, we have also downplayed it. You know, the Jewish community as a whole has downplayed how it impacts people, relationships, those that are struggling with it, and those that are living with someone who's struggling with it. You know, there's a big difference between saying this happens and it's common versus saying this happens, it's common, it's super easy, not a big deal. You shouldn't care about it and you're a bad person if you don't want to marry someone because of it. There was an article in Mishpacha a few years back that was really what sparked this, this for me. And it was about a teenage girl who was speaking about her experience with bipolar disorder. I think she was 16 at the time that she was diagnosed. And the way that she describes it is, you know, she took medication and ta-da, she's living a super normal life as if nothing is wrong. And she's just like anyone else. And there's no problem right now. Before I continue, I will say a disclaimer. Um, I'm not a therapist, nor do I prescribe medication. My background is in psychology and neuroscience. Um, and as a college professor, as well as a college teacher, and believe it or not, yes, medication comes up when you're a college teacher. You know, I'm up to date with the science behind medication. So when I read the story first, I was really upset. I actually even wrote a response to Mishpacha. Um, side point, I, I actually stopped reading Mishpacha because one time I wrote a response to something and they edited it and signed it with my name. And I felt very uncomfortable with that. But anyways, at the time, I felt it was very irresponsible for such a serious illness to be downplayed. You know, I know people firsthand who live with someone bipolar, and it's not that simple. First of all, medication is not one size fits all. You know, it takes years, yes, years to get the right dosage. For example, with bipolar, you know, lithium is often prescribed, which can be very lethal if it's not the right dosage. In order to find the right amount, sometimes they have to add little by little. And even if after years they come to the right, you know, combination of, of medication or the right prescription for all the symptoms of bipolar, the side effects are hard. You know, lithium can have very hard and strong side effects in, in excess. It's lethal, but even if it's not lethal, you know, most commonly there are hand tremors, thirst, you know, weird metallic taste. It can affect your kidney, your thyroid. I mean, it's not a harmless thing. So yes, you know, it's, 
it's it's wonderful that it exists. For most people, it prevents suicide, which, by the way, the most common um, mental illness-related suicide is with bipolar. So getting people who have bipolar disorder on lithium is, Baruch Hashem, saving their lives. But to make it seem like it was so simple and in, in a few months, you know, she got the right medication and it was, if nothing, it's really not realistic. Now, you might be thinking, wow, that sounds horrible and you're making it sound horrible. And I would say it's not about making it sound like a horrible thing. It's about educating people and saying, hey, this happens. Yes, let's remove the stigma, but let's also understand what is actually happening so that when someone makes the choice to marry someone that struggles with that, they can do that with their eyes open and they can be honest if they want to sign up for that. You know, one of the most common one of the most dangerous comments that I've heard, and it's unfortunately not just been one time, is, well, everyone struggles with somebody with something. And if this came up after marriage, you know, they wouldn't divorce the person. So why do I have to reveal it? Right? Like, let's just, you know, if, if it had come up later, they would have been fine. I honestly don't think tricking someone into marriage is a positive thing with anything. <laughs> it's trust is so fundamental for building a relationship for building intimacy like that real soul connection um this is the person who you are trusting your life with you know i i i really don't believe in tricking anyone rabbi turkey actually says a um, story about a guy who was on medication and his father told him not to say anything to his kala now after they were married after they had a kid it came up um, I think he stopped taking his medication because he felt guilty about having lied about it. And he went on this like down world, you know, um, sp- spiral. And at the end, you know, the girl decided to stay with her husband and to, and to be, you know, his life partner and be with the good and the bad. But she ended up not speaking to the father. She refused to have the, the father-in-law um, have a relationship with the kid because she felt that she was tricked, you know? So it's not fair to trick anyone into marriage without them knowing what they should know and what what you already know. You know, sometimes things come up afterwards and and generally they did not know. And you say, okay, that was their mazal. They figure it out whether they want to deal with it or not. But you shouldn't hide any relevant information. And by the way, this is not just with medication. This is with if you're divorced, if you have a medical condition, anything about your past um, anything which someone might not want to get married, if they know about it, you should reach out to a rub and figure out what and how to share it. So you might be thinking, well, everything I said about bipolar was extreme and that's not everyone. And you're right. Mental illness is actually a huge range. And I think it would be great for, let's say, like a popular Jewish magazine to educate people on what each one is, what the medications are, what the side effects, maybe even have people who struggled with it give like a positive experience and then someone who struggles with it, maybe say how it was very difficult and what what the hardships were. You know, I think... I think pretending it's common and therefore it's easy is not helping. Let's encourage people to get help, but let's also educate the community on what it is. And most importantly, with Shidduchim, what that would look like in marriage. So with all of this in mind, let's discuss how this would come up in dating and what questions you should ask and keep in mind. So first, I'm going to address the person who is revealing something. You know, whether it, whether it is that you're on medication or, or your struggle with a mental illness or whether anything else. Number one, whenever you reveal something scary, and again, it doesn't have to be a diagnosis or medication. It could be anything. It could be a family secret, you know, the skeleton in the closet, anything about your past. Practice it. 
practice saying it. Think about what you're going to say and how you're going to explain it. A lot of times, because the person is so nervous revealing it, they end up making it sound worse than it is. There was um, a couple, a few years back when I had first started being involved in Shidduchim, they were about to get engaged. And I get a phone call from both sides, like hysterical. And um, basically, she had revealed to him that she was on medication. Now, she did this one week before they got engaged, which I don't recommend. I think I think the, the accepted practice is after three dates, you should reveal anything that the other person might want to know before getting married. Um, and she had never said it before. It was the first person that she had opened up about this. It was something that was very difficult for her to say, and she scared him off. And he freaked out. I mean, he literally freaked out. I think he also had not heard about it. Didn't, didn't realize it and she was so scared she was like nervous she, she, she was like stuttering when she was saying it so he felt like oh my gosh you know what is she hiding and it actually was not it was a pretty minor case um and had it been presented differently it may have worked so number one is practice what you're going to reveal number two give the person the medication names the amount you're taking and Guide them to a professional that knows you, right? And knows what you've been through and, and also knows how far you've come and how how amazing you're doing, you know? And give them, you know, be upfront with everything. I, th- I think that when, if someone presents something and then they kind of hide the rest, it kind of looks worse. Just be very upfront and say, hey, this is obviously a very sensitive and difficult thing for me to share with you. Um, this is what I've, you know, been struggling with. This is the medication. This is my therapist and kind of give them all that information and let them, you know, look into it a long time ago, you know, before mental illness was, was honestly, um, known, I had a friend, um, who got engaged and after the engagement, like after they had a whole party, shebang, he revealed that he had, um, a mental illness diagnosis. And I'm not talking about anxiety. I'm talking about something much more, um, much, much bigger. And she had never even heard about it. So she didn't think it was, you know, such a big deal because she hadn't, she hadn't heard about it. And she didn't know that there was medication. He didn't say any of that. And he took her to his doctor, his therapist and the psychotherapist. And, um, the doctor basically said, Oh, it's not a big deal. It's not genetic. Like this is, you know, nothing. And, the doctor lied. He lied to her and um, she ended up, you know, finding out because she ended up going to a different doctor to say, hey, like I heard about this. I had never even heard about this before. What is it? And you know what? She might have been okay with it, but she felt so tricked, you know, with with the hiding it and then having a doctor lie. So I think it's, it's definitely important to... Uh, you know, present all the information, but also for the person who is going to look into it, also go to a third party that is not being paid by the patient. Um, I also want to add a point here because I remember at the time with with this discussion with this particular couple, you know, he had said, well, if you hadn't noticed anything, so then like, what does it matter? Meaning if you were okay with getting engaged while they were struggling with all this hiddenly, so why did they have to reveal it? Like what difference does it make to you now? And the thing was that, you know, she had noticed at some points there was some like mood changes, but it's very different when you live with someone than when you're dating someone. When you're dating someone, there are things that you can easily hide. But when you're getting married to someone, all sorts of struggles 
specifically with mental illness, what we're discussing about has ups and downs. And it's really not nice to kind of force the person into that situation. So, um, oh, I know another case, and this came up after the fact, you know, as a college teacher, sometimes I get phone calls from girls that I honestly don't even know. Um, I think, you know, they just hear about me and and get my number. If you do, you're more than welcome uh, to call me. I think that sometimes I'm more, I guess I'm more approachable than a a rabbit's in who they went to for their college classes. And, you know, when they tell me about the side effect that certain medication is having on their marriage. And, and one of the most common side effects with even like anxiety and depression medication um, is something that impacts intimacy. Now, I'm not saying this to scare you off or to say, oh, my gosh, never marry someone like that. But more to know that because a lot of people don't know that. And then they come and they're freaking out like, oh, my gosh, there's a big problem. This marriage is doomed. And most of the time it's things that actually you could work on it. And, and there are ways to, um, to make it workable. You know, and I don't want to give more details about this, like in this kind of public manner, but I do think it's important to mention that sometimes medication does have an impact on, on intimacy. And if you just know about it, you, you know, to prepare for it and, and actually to deal with it, because it is possible. You know, I had a Shadchan once call me. And she had a couple that were about to get engaged and the guy was very hesitant because the girl had, again, just revealed her before the engagement about a specific medication she was on. And again, I don't recommend you wait until you are about to get engaged. Um, I think that creates trust issues, which is even worse. But anyways, so he he had called the Sharhan because he had heard, he looked it up, he did his homework, and he had heard that that medication can impact intimacy. And she calls me and she's like, he heard this and it's not true and he's being ridiculous. And I was like, actually, you know, his concern is a real one. And instead of downplaying it, let's see what the medication is. You know, tell me how much it is. Obviously, it impacts people differently, but it's a real concern. You know, not to mention also that when a woman gets pregnant, hormones can make anything worse. You know, so any any mental illness, whether it's anxiety, depression, bipolar, schizophrenia, um, it can it can make the situation worse. You know, it, it can kind of provoke like a like a, um, what's the word that I'm what, I, what I'm looking for? Um, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to that. But also sometimes when they're pregnant, they can't take certain medication, and there's there could be side effects for the baby. You know, so like sometimes even a very mild condition, when someone's pregnant, it can kind of provoke like um, an episode. That's that's the word that I was looking for. You know, like like an episode. Okay, so before going deeper, let's recap. We spoke about one, practicing what you're going to say so it doesn't sound scary. Two, give them a source so they can find out what specifically you're going through and what that would entail. And last but not least, this is for the people who are on the side of revealing something. Don't judge someone for whatever decision they make. You know, we don't guilt people into marriage. We don't guilt guilt them or call them close-minded for saying, I don't want to sign up for that. You know, sometimes people will say, well, you know, again, like if you came up after marriage, they'll be okay with it. So like what, what difference does it make? You know, why is it such a big deal? And my answer is that you're right. You know, things do come up later on and people stay because maybe they're already committed or they have children. And by the way, a lot of mental illness doesn't actually come out until 20s. So this is, this really does happen. I know of many people who after they were married, you know, they weren't hiding anything. It just, it, it came up, you know, whether whether it was a traumatic event that triggered it or, or a pregnancy because hormones, you know, things do come out, you know. Um, but I strongly believe that such an important component of marriage and intimacy is the feeling of truly being close to someone and trust. And I don't recommend breaking that from the start, which is the foundation. 
So now that I've spoken to someone who is struggling with this, I want to say a few words to someone on the other side who maybe just heard the news and is trying to process, hey, is this something that I can handle? At the end of the day, everyone has struggles. No one is perfect. Each marriage has their own difficulty and everyone has something. And that's why I said when you're revealing something that's hidden in your closet, everyone has something, right? Every family has a situation. A young woman once asked Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tversky whether she should marry into a family when one of the siblings had bipolar. And Rabbi Tversky replied, well, at least you know what you got in that family, right? Like Every family has something. So this is the advice for the people who are just finding out about this and they're trying to figure out if they, if they want to continue. Number one, find out more about what they just revealed. What does it mean? How does it play up for them? Think about what your concerns are, you know, phrase them into a question and try to get them answered. Maybe they're not applicable in this case. You know, sometimes we hear something and we picture whatever in the movies we heard or in, or in the media. So think about, okay, what is your concern? You heard anxiety. Well, are you picturing a panic attack? Maybe that's not what this person is struggling with. Like, try to think about what are your concerns and are they applicable in this case? And how is this person dealing with it? You know, for example, you know, anxiety is very common and, and most people who are on anxiety medication are on very little medication, right? So how does anxiety played up for this person? What medication are they on? What are, what are their side effects? And of course, you know, you're trusting this person to tell you the truth. But I think if someone is vulnerable enough to reveal this, then, then you can trust them with their answers, which leads me to my second point. Number two, be very sensitive about how you respond. For anyone who's revealing something, it's really scary. It really is. It's something that they have been, they feel very judged by, you know, and it can be really traumatic if the response is very negative. Um, there was a girl, there was a case where a girl revealed that she was an anxiety medication. His response was so bad and she felt so bad about herself. She actually stopped taking her medication. And when, when she had reached out to me about this, I had warned her and I said, whatever you do, don't stop taking medication. And she called me like almost a year later and said, how did you know? Like, it was horrible. Basically, she went off medication. She, you know, derailed and it took her almost a year. She had to take off from school. She had to take off um, time from dating just to kind of get back on track because medication doesn't work where it's just like, boom, it's back. You have to kind of, your body has to adjust to it. Number three. Medication should always come with therapy. I know that's not a very common thing. Unfortunately, um, insurance will often cover medication, and but they won't cover therapy. I, I suggest if someone's revealing this to you, ask them, you know, if they're in therapy and if they're working towards getting off medication. You know, sometimes it's something that's for life, right? Like if it's bipolar or schizophrenia, um, this is something that it's a struggle really for life and they're going to have to be on medication for a very long time, most of the time. But if it's anxiety or depression or even to an extent, like something like OCD, if they develop the right tools in therapy or if the circumstances which triggered it are gone and the impact is dealt with, it is possible to wean off medication. Of course, with the guidance of psychotherapy and, you know, and, and with the doctor and other tools at hand, right? But, but I, I think it's important to find out what they're doing, not just to quote, quote unquote, you know, medicate and cover up and put the bandaid on, but are they dealing with the fundamental issues that are, that are behind it? Number four, there is a genetic component to mental illness. And, you know, actually, I know I'm, I keep bringing up with Dr. Tversky and, and if you, if you are struggling with this, you definitely read all of his stuff because he's so amazing on this. Um, he actually does give a warning that people who 
have mental illness from both sides should not get married. You know, it's not like, okay, you and you are both struggling, like put them together because genetically it can just not be so great for the children. But um, there is a genetic component and anyone that says that it's not true, it's, you know, there's otherwise, I, I, I will add a caveat here, which is, you know, if someone is struggling with anxiety or depression that was triggered by something traumatic that happened to them, um, that may not be something that's genetic. I mean, you could say maybe there's a genetic predisposition to develop that in, in a difficult circumstance. But I think most people, to be honest, if they're in a very difficult situation, um, would develop that. I'm talking about chas uh, something that happened when they were children, uh, maybe, maybe a death of a parent, um, a miscarriage, you know, all of those sort of things would trigger on any healthy person, you know, um, a depression or anxiety. So, you know, or a car accident, like anything like that. Right. But if it's something that, um, is, is not necessarily being coming from a situation, but it's something that they are struggling with for life, you know, that's, that's something that, that, that would have a genetic component. Number five, sometimes the experiences we have in life and the people that we grew up with train us for marriage and prepare us for the things that we're going to deal with in marriage with our children. Um, you know, I know someone who struggles with anxiety, um, and I keep mentioning anxiety disorders because they honestly are the most common. Um, it, it is very common. I think, um, there was a study done. It was one in five people in the Jewish community, um, are on some sort of medication or struggle with some sort of mental illness, which could be as simple, you know, as, as a very low anxiety dosage type. Anyway, so this, um, this, this girl was struggling with anxiety and she told her, her now husband and his response was, well, his mother really struggled with it. So he knows what he's signing up for and he could handle it. And there wasn't a reason to say no. So sometimes whatever you go through in life makes you more open-minded or, or more able to ha- kind of like develop like the muscles, right. To be able to, to, to handle this and to sign up for this. I'm sorry about the hunk. I, <laughs> it's so noisy here. Anyways, um, I, I really hope that this sensitive uh, conversation was um, something that gave you, you know, some, some food for thought as well as some, you know, real pointers of how to, you know, to deal with this. I don't think anyone should be ashamed for the struggles that they, that they have in life. Everyone has a struggle. And I think what speaks most about you is the choices that you make. I'm going to quote Harry Potter here. It is not our ability but our choices that define us. I think when someone struggles with something and gets the right help and becomes a stronger person because of it, that person is to be admired, right? We have the idea of where a bunch of us stand, the side can't even stand. Whenever anyone is struggling with something and they get the proper help and, um, and they also have the tools to say, hey, this is not working. Let me, let me work on it. Let me become a better person. That's someone to be admired. So I hope that whoever is struggling with this continues to have chizuk and to be able to continue to thrive and live great lives. And if you are revealing this, you know, do it openly, sensitively. And if you're listening to this on the other side, um, be very kind to the person who's being vulnerable with you. It takes a lot to open up. Uh, Obviously, if it ends up being something that you don't want to sign up for, you know, don't tell anyone about it. It's something that's very, very private. And, um, if anyone has any further, you know, questions or anything, feel free to reach out. I want to add one more thing. If someone rejects you because you're on medication or because you're struggling with mental illness, then it means that this person is not for you because whoever you marry, 
is going to love every part of you, the good, the bad, the pretty, the ugly, and they're going to be your support system. And everyone has struggles, even if you don't have mental illness, there's ups and downs. But especially if you do have it, you know, there are episodes, there are moments where you're going to really need a lot of support. And if someone is saying, you know what, I can't give you that, then it's not that they're close-minded. It's not they're bad people. It's not that you should, you know, guilt them. It's that that's not the person that was chosen for you. I, I strongly believe Hashem gives everyone what they can handle. And, and every single person comes into this world with a certain tikkun. And if Hashem gave you a struggle, whether it is mental illness or not, then he also chose for you the perfect partner for you, for your life, and with this struggle. So if someone rejects you, it's really Hashem's protection that this person is not for you. And in Mir's Hashem, you and everyone will find the right one soon.